Father, speak through me, bless through me, transform through me, touch lives through me, face and maintain marriages and relationships through the sermon you have laid on my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, marriage matters of the heart. Matters of the heart. Matters of the heart. And today, I am speaking on the subject, the happy heart. Everybody say the happy heart. The happy. That is the third part. It's called the happy heart. The happy heart. And I want to read a scripture. I want to read a very important scripture. Deuteronomy 24 verse 5. Deuteronomy 24 verse 5. Put it on the screen. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, it's here. I, I, I want this. <laughs> Look at this scripture. If a man, if a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Hey! In the Bible days, eh? They give you, if you marry a woman, they give you one year leave of happiness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One year leave of happiness. Because they realize that, they realize that, they realize that the sustainability of your marriage depends on the happiness you find, you find in the marriage. If you are not happy in the church, you leave. If you are not happy in your company, you leave. If you are not happy with your friend, you leave. If you are not happy in the area you live, you stay, you leave. If you are not happy in your marriage, you will leave. Even though you will know that the Bible says that God hates divorce. But you will choose your happiness over what God hates. Because, you see, sadness can kill you. Depression, anxiety, and, and loneliness in relationships and marriages can easily kill you. Don't die in an unhappy marriage. I am not advising you to divorce. I am now going to show you how to make your marriage happy. Okay? So, don't die in an unmarriage, in that unhappy marriage. So, take these principles and it will help you. Now, it is also important to understand that under many instances and in, under many circumstances, your happiness depends on you. But in marriage, your happiness depends on your spouse. Now, you can work in, an, in a very unhappy environment and decide to make yourself happy. But in marriage, you can't decide to make yourself happy in the marriage. The other person, your spouse, must make you happy in the marriage. I also agree that there are people that is, it, it is very difficult to make them happy. No matter what you do, they will not be happy. But of course, successful people are people who do the difficult things, not the easy things. Are, are you here? If, 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 it, if, if you find it, if you think your wife is difficult to make happy, or your husband is difficult to make him happy, then you can't be a pastor. Because when you're a pastor, it is very difficult to make, a congregation, to make the congregation happy. They are all, I mean, oh, that, that, like 50%, 70% of people in church always have one problem or the other and no matter how you commit themselves they still feel you have not committed yourself enough to them. Okay? So, I'm going to share with you how the kind of person you must become for your spouse to be happy. Okay? The kind of person you must become for your spouse to be happy. Now, Proverbs 15 and the verse 13, NIV has this to say. Proverbs 15 and the verse 13, NIV. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache 
crushes the spirit. You see, when you make your spouse unhappy, you are not only dealing with the body, you are crushing her spirit. You are crushing his spirit. Anytime you see a woman crying because of you, or a man sad because of you, it is the crushing of the spirit. But a happy heart makes the face cheerful. Makes the face cheerful. Do, do you know it is, it is healing? It is healing to walk into a home and find a cheerful, the cheerful face of a wife or of a husband. Smiling to welcome you. Because the Bible says a cheerful heart is medicine. So a cheerful face heals you. You've gone to the office. You've had hard times. You've had difficult times. And you are coming home. And you are coming home. And then you know that when you get home, a cheerful face is awaiting you. Oh, you are in a hurry. You are in a hurry to get home. But no matter how happy you are in town, if you are coming home and you know a nagging wife is waiting for you, or a nagging husband is waiting for you, do you know when men nag? When men nag, it is more nagging than women. Oh, yeah, yeah. and now you see, everything women do, if men do it, we do it more. If men do it, we do it more. I'm telling you. So I'm on the side of the women here. But it doesn't absorb them of responsibility. Amen. So you, you need to have this kind of beautiful, smiling face wife. You need to have beautiful, smile, handsome, smiling face husband. Even if your husband is ugly, when he smiles, he becomes handsome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All ugly men here, let me tell you this. And all ugly women here, please take this. I'm not referring to you. I'm referring to the other person. You see, smile. When you smile, your face changes. I'm telling you. To the better, not to the worse. So learn how to, how, how to make yourself happy and smile and smile. Okay? And if you want your wife to remain young, even in her old age. I'm telling you, mommy is more beautiful now than I met her 20, 29 years ago. She's more beautiful now. Those of you who knew mommy, I mean, when we came to Sprinter's Road, those of you who knew her, you know she's more beautiful now. Okay? Because the secret is that her husband makes her happy. So she has a cheerful face. And I'm better. I'm better. I, I cannot praise myself. I cannot say I'm a handsome man. But, but I'm, I'm better. I am, I'm better. I, I am better than I was before I met mommy. Because mommy makes me happy. So I have a cheerful, have a cheerful countenance. Okay, so she has a cheerful face, and I have a cheerful countenance. Okay, so 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 I want to show you um, um, how to make that woman a happy woman, and how to make that that husband a happy husband. And you see, these messages are for repairs and maintenance. You see, if you don't repair and maintain your relationships and your marriages, it will crash one day. It's like a car. There must be continuous repairs and maintenance. To pretend that you are always all right is, is, a, is a deception. It's a deception. I always tell you that, mommy and I, the reason why we are fine and we keep coming fine because we solve our problems with the Bible. And in the Bible. And with the Bible. So we use these principles. And so we keep becoming happy. Okay, there are some of you who have left some relationships and have left some marriages. These sermons are to make you reconsider. It's okay. Now, I know better. I know better, so let me restart. I know better, so let me restart and do it. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the major keys to success is failure. In fact, the more you fail, the chances are that you become better in the future. J.B. Dankwa, one of the founding fathers of Ghana. Okay, so... Kwame Nkrumah used to be the founder of Ghana, but now they say we are founding fathers. So I'm not being political. I'm just stating 
what is there now. If it changes, I'll go back to it. Or let me say one of the big six. Like we have Jubilee House and it's, uh, you have Flagstaff House and it's now Jubilee House. So we'll call it Jubilee House. Then in the future, if there's a change in government, it will go back to Flagstaff House. And then we call it Flagstaff House. So J.B. Danka was one of the founding fathers of Ghana. And one of the big six. One of the big six. Right, we, are, we were supposed to be big seven. They forgot my name. <laughs> so so J.B. Dankwa actually failed his O-levels three times. He wrote O-levels three times. And I thought that, I, I believe that that's what actually made him resolve that I want to prove my critics wrong. The more you fail, the chances of becoming more successful becomes greater. Becomes greater. So, so if you have failed in a marriage before, this is to help you go back and make it better. Make it better. So here are the seven people that will make you happy in marriage. That will give you a happy heart. Number one, the trustworthy person. The trustworthy person. Proverbs 11 verse 13. A gossip betrays a confidence. But a trustworthy person keeps a secret. In this case, we are not looking at it from the point of he keeping your secret. But the point of, of, of you being able to depend on the person. Being able to depend on the person and trust the person. They used to say that Like man is not a pillow that you can put your head on. But you can find a man who is more than a, a, a pillow. That you don't need to only put your head on, but you put all your life on that man. And you know that this man will not disappoint me. And this man will not betray my confidence. You, you know, when mommy was coming to marry him, people advised mommy. People really advised mommy against. And people have been waiting. Even after 29 years, they have been waiting for me to fail. And betray mommy. Betray the confidence that mommy had in me. That nobody believed and betrayed that confidence. My resolve to ensure this marriage works has been from the people who feel I would have betrayed her. Are, are you here? So one of the ways in which you make a person happy is to keep a promise to the person. Men who have too many secrets, too many secrets, and all these secrets stupidly are on your phones. So that's why now women are learning how to hack. But leading recruiters onto hacking programs are women. They want to hack your phone and see what is inside that phone. Are, are you here? Now, listen, listen, listen to me. Your wife needs that full confidence in you. She has to trust you. You are not hiding money anywhere. You are not lying about your past you are not lying about a woman in your life you are not lying anything everything is on the table when a woman knows she can trust a man she's happy and when she's happy she gives you a cheerful face and gives you a and becomes your cheerleader are you here it's the same thing with with women let your, hub, your husband have confidence in you. Don't raise suspicions. Don't have unnecessary secrets. If what you are doing, you cannot disclose it. Don't do it. Whatever. Like I always say that if you are talking about someone and the person is coming and you cannot continue, then don't start that conversation. In the same way, if you are doing something Okay, if you are going to do something in a marriage, you can't keep it open. Don't start it. This is not a general rule for everybody. If you are married to a man you cannot trust, don't disclose everything to that man. If you are married to a woman you cannot trust, don't disclose everything to that woman. They must earn your openness by becoming trustworthy people. That you can trust. Making your spouse happy benefits you. The first key is that you must be trustworthy. So go back home and start building 
trust. If your spouse is so suspicious of you, there is something you have done that has created insecurity. Go deal with it. Or your spouse himself or herself has a past that has created insecurity. And that's a person suspicious of you. Investigate it and help the person. But please remember, the first key to making your spouse happy is that you must be trustworthy. Be there and discuss everything. Number two, the second person that will make you happy in marriage is the generous person. The generous person. Proverbs 11 verse 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Without the generosity of mommy, we couldn't have been here. I wanted so much to buy the properties here and bring the church to the main road. Her generosity made it possible. You, you, you can marry especially a stingy man and be happy in that marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear there's a stingy man association. Some of you have registered privately. Shame unto you. Stingy men association. No, I know I know there are women who are who are wasteful spenders. I'm not I'm not asking you to support a wasteful spender attitude. But I'm also telling you that your wife deserves a certain amount of generosity from you. Well, what you call wasteful might be your own definition based on your membership of the Stingy Men Association. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you know that the Bible says a man, not a woman, a man will give all that he has in his house to a woman and it's still not enough for love. You, 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 you see, <laughs> you see, love, true love truly gives. True love truly gives and gives and you see when you are when you are in a relationship with someone and the person begins to count its cost the cost that the relationship has cost the person the person is falling out of love the person is falling out of love i remember when we were celebrating our 20th anniversary the house we live in now I told mommy, I want to give you the house. So I want to re-register the house in your name. She said, no, I didn't marry you for that. Let's keep it in our names. It's okay. So I was being generous. And she became super generous. You see, I'm not asking men to meet the greed of their wives. I am asking men to meet the needs of their wives. Because according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So, you see, so, so I am not at this stage proposing that follow and go and borrow money to finance the life of a greedy woman. I am advising that there are very specific needs of women. Very specific needs of women. And you must meet those needs as a man. You must meet them as a man. Are you here? And sometimes overmeet them. Okay? Sign nice checks. If you have a checkbook. If you have a checkbook. But if you don't have a checkbook, why did you worry yourself to marry? Okay, women, women are happy when they marry men who have checkbooks. Even if you don't have anything in your accounts, you still handle the checkbooks. When, when she sees the checkbook, she knows there is hope. She knows that yeah, she knows there is hope. A man without a checkbook means that that man doesn't man manage his money well. If you put your money under your pillow, you are a fool. Any man whose money is under his pillow, in his wardrobe, in his chop box, under his bed, is a fool. Unless the source of your money is suspicious. That even makes you a fuller. <laughs> Are you here? Are you following me? So please be generous. Give. Some men want women to be generous in sex. I want you this morning. I want you in the afternoon. I want you in the evening. And please, even if you went to prostitution center, 
You, you, you will not have this for free like that. A woman you have never bought um, braziers for, you have never even come on Valentine's Day with a nice chocolate. Even chocolate. Even chocolate. You are so stingy that even chocolate on a Valentine's Day, you still claim you can't afford it. But you can afford to have sex morning, afternoon, evening. Adeng. I am not suggesting that women should, should married women should, should give sex in exchange for something. But it's a, it's a biblical principle. Give and it shall be given unto you. You, you, you understand? It's, 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 you see, your, your wife must, must give her body to you naturally with happiness. Not with grumbling. You are a stingy man the only place, the only thing you are very generous about is when you are donating sperms. <laughs> How? How? You are donating sperms because you want your generation after you to be plenteous. Please, that is not how we do it. That's not how we build a generation. Okay, number three. A person of integrity, a person of integrity, Proverbs 13, verse 6. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. Oh, wow. The person of integrity. My yes is my yes, and my no is my no. If I say I would do it, please, please, you know I would do it. Your wife must come to that place. Your wife knows that this, my, my, my husband is a man of integrity. He doesn't have two lives. The same way he is outside, the same way he is inside. Do you know some of you, when you come to church and you are behaving in a way, your spouses are surprised. They stand there and look at you and say, Hey, hypocrisy, dear. The headquarters of hypocrisy is in my house. And the president of the Republic of Hypocrisy is standing there. Because hey, this woman bowing down in church is not the same woman who just is finished insulting me and other things. And look at what she is doing in church. Oh, do you know that when men see that you respect other men more than them, they feel very sad. <laughs> Sometimes mommy even does it to a fault. When you come to my house and mommy is laying a table, don't expect that because you are a guest, you will have the better of the meal than me. No. She doesn't agree. Your bowl is small. My bowl is big. I am the king. I am in charge. I provided the money. Sometimes I'll call her and say, difference here too glaring. If I can't come, man. You, you, you get it? <laughs> the honor I enjoy publicly, I enjoy the same honor at home. Hey, if you make a little mistake and you use daddy's spoon or fork or plate to serve someone, even if my dead father comes back to life and you make a mistake and use my destiny to serve, mommy gets angrier than when you even steal her money because of Anna. Okay, and those who are closer to me who live with us in our house, my children, they all know that the very things I say in public at mommy, I do it very same thing at home. But they've been lived with, <clears throat> with us for so many years, they know it because integrity in marriage is important. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Do the and see walk the talk. Walk the talk. You love me? You love me? Where is it? Show it. Talk is cheap. Now let me show you a man who is who, a man you should trust and marry a woman you should trust and marry well. Pa. The highest form of integrity. 
is the payment of tithe. I'm telling you. Because it is the only thing God says if you take you have robbed me and you are under a curse. And you are still courageous enough to rob God to be under a curse. You can't trust a man who doesn't pay tight. Or a woman who doesn't pay tight. You cannot. Can I move on? Number four. Number four. A person of understanding. The next person that will make you happy in life, in your marriage, is a person of understanding. Proverbs 10 verse 23. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. But a person of understanding delights in wisdom. Wow. A person of understanding. A person of understanding. Let me tell you. Let me show you. The, let me show you a foolish husband. A foolish husband is a man who understands his car more than his wife. Oh. When he sits in the car and starts the car. By hearing the engine of the car. He can tell this is this. This is this. And he will get down and solve it. I will never even notice the mood of the wife that the wife's mood has changed and I must attend to the wife, my wife's needs now listen, you can't marry, a man, a man cannot marry a woman like a man you are a semi-homosexual oh yeah, yeah, you are graduating, because you need to understand and understand carefully that women are different from men. And because of that difference, they look at things differently from the way we look at things. They process thoughts differently from the way we process our thoughts. Oh, I have been guilty of that before. I wanted mommy to be like me. I'm a fast decision maker. I am, I am a go-getter. I move on. I have leadership qualities. I'm a visionary. I can see nothing. I can see something out of nothing. Mommy is a manager. And I wanted her to be like me. And we used to argue. And what can't you simply understand this? What can, the one day the Lord said, do you know that it's always the negative and the positive that works better? If two positive electricians, are you here? If you put two positives together, what happens? Short circuit. Yeah, two negatives together, what happens? The fuse will blow. There will be fire. That is it. And so that's why God eh, usually does not match two same people. It, like, like Gloria and, and, and David. Height difference. Don't mind me, don't mind me. I'm just pulling their legs. Okay, but on a more serious note, God has a way in which He pairs us. Where your, hus your husband is weak is where you are strong. Where your wife is weak is where you are strong. And un until you come to that understanding, listen, even twins, 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 born on the same day from the same womb, are different. Are just totally different. It is how you see it is understanding that will help you manage your differences. You can't detach your wife's behavior from her past and from the fact that she's a woman. Are, are you here? You can't fight your wife. For not putting food on the table and covering it nicely and calling you honey, come and eat. If the wife came from a broken home, she didn't see some. If, I, or if the wife came from a, a, a husband that was a bully and was beating the mother and was doing things, then the, the, your wife feels like, I don't have to be, I have to be tough or else my mother was so soft. So, so, my father used to beat my mother and she'd be crying. And for me, I would stand up. So, anytime you are angry, your wife gets angrier. You see her stand up. Try it! Try it! And you haven't, you haven't decided you are trying something, no. But she's seeing your father, her father in you. Try it! Try it! Will I hate me? And you yourself, when you leave, you go and sit and say, ah, why was she so angry? Why was she pushing me to try it? 
So you need to have understanding. Until you have this kind of understanding, you cannot build a good relationship, you cannot build a good marriage, you cannot build a good destiny. I'm telling you. Mommy understands the way I relate with my siblings and my mother. I understand the way she relates with her siblings and her mother. Because we have all come from a history. We have all come from a history. My mother used to sell her clothes to raise me. As siblings, because we didn't have anybody, we, we, were, we, we were security for each other. We came to Arabraka, we didn't know anybody. Somebody just gave us a small room to stay. So the whole Accra, the only people we could trust was us. So we were our own security. And we have grown up like that. We are our own security. Since I moved to Sprinters Road, all my siblings have moved. They are all here. We are our security. In the same way, mommy too grew up similarly. Her brother has to sell food and do other things to raise them. Saw the pain they all went through. So I give her space when she's relating with her siblings. And she gives me space when I'm relating with my siblings. It is understanding. You can't get into a family and change the DNA of the family. As if we are COVID vaccine. <laughs> you understand? You can't go and change, change your culture. I'm telling you. You cannot. There are some things. Don't dare to touch them. Leave them to hang in there and have that kind of understanding. My father-in-law used to almost every six months call her, her daughters and her sons and their spouses to come to the village. It wasn't me who was going to change it. That's how we didn't even have a car. The old man is calling us. I wasn't going to say, now Papa so go. No, it's something the family has been doing. So I had to go. I'm not the one coming to the family to change that tradition. And because she was the most successful person in the village. So she always wanted them to come. So as she can show around. Oh, maybe oh, and then she will kill. She had farms. And sometimes I think when she wants people to eat the food some, she'll call all of us. We will go. I wasn't going to change it. I always tell my children, see the way we are, the values we place on family. The values we place on being together, the values we play. I tell Kevin and Mami Sewa, I say, you see the way you, the two of you, you are so close and other things. If you guys are caught in and you start realizing that this person, somebody is coming to separate people, get out. So you marry with understanding. Without understanding, you have no standing in that marriage. You see, understanding is two words put together. Under and stand. So it's your understand. That's what the Bible says. With wisdom, a house will be built. With understanding, its foundation will be laid. Because understand, understand. Your understand. Your understand. Understanding is a foundation on which everything is built. In life, understanding is a foundation on which you build business, on which you build a nation, on which you build all the African countries that we are suffering from poverty and other things, is lack of understanding. Lack of understanding. If you look at the vetting of the ministers. It tells you how some people will become ministers even though they lack understanding of what they are being asked to go and do. That's why we are all suffering as a people on this continent. The people who have the understanding if you don't belong to a political party, you will never. If you don't, uh, you see, in America and other places, you don't have to be a politician to get an appointment in government. You have to be a person of that skill to get appointment in government. But in our part of the world, you just have to be a politician, learn how to insult people, men who have built their integrity, men who were born when they were successful. When they were successful, your father was a Pamwan Tapa in the village. And yet, because of politics, you can come on air, insult them, and you become popular, and you get appointment. And then when you go to vetting, you just apologize. You just apologize. And then you move on. Please, you need men of understanding. Not only they understanding you as a woman, they understanding you as a man, 
but also understanding life itself. They must have a certain knowledge that they have transformed those knowledge into solutions. And you can see in the life of the people that these are men who have knowledge and the knowledge they have have become solutions in their life and I can see the solutions, the problems they have solved. Every man you meet, there are three P's in that man's life. The past, the performance, and the potential. The past is a reflection of his potential. You can meet a man, okay, whose performance today is so bad, whose performance today is so bad by your standard, but if you look at that man's history, you realize that he has done well. From where he has come from, what he has been able to do is better. You can also look at a man by his performance today and go back to his history and you realize that this man's performance is as a result of very, because he got every opportunity in the past and messed it up. That's why his performance is that messed up. After you have assessed the past to now determine the person's performance, whether the person the person is good or bad, now you project the person's potential. You project the person's potential. So I believe that when mommy met me, my performance was not impressive. But looking at my history, I had done well. I had come from somewhere. If I was getting F in mass, and finally I started getting D, it might still not take me to invest by some improvement. So you know that potentially I can get C. But if I keep getting F every time, F, every time, F, every time, F, every time, F, please, please be warned. That it is not I do. Uh, will you take this person and say, yes, I do. We change the person from F to C. No. Watch the past. Use the past to measure the performance and prophesy the potential. Am I preaching? Hmm. Me and my big mouth. Hmm. Hmm. Number five. Number five. A good person. A good person. Proverbs 13, 22. A good person. Now look at the definition of a good person. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. But a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A good person. A good person. That's what leaves an inheritance. For his children's children. Not even his children. His children's children. Ah. If you want to see a good man. That can make you happy. Look at how the man thinks generationally. Or the woman thinks generationally. How to invest this money. Because of my children. I have to put this money here because of my children. I have to, if your husband organizes birthday party for your children when he doesn't have insurance for them, when that money can secure an education insurance that can get the child into a good school abroad, and all he does is birthday parties, birthday parties, birthday parties, birthday parties, that man is a bad man. He's not a good man. Oh, I'm telling you, you are happy. After my husband there, and then you go and rent, um, if you understand. Um, bouncy castle and slides and then you there are even men who do birthday parties for their one year old children and invite their friends to come and drink whiskey invite his friends his friends eh? the party is like his party what is whiskey doing in a, in a one year old birthday Yeah, because the person does not think generationally. Listen, a man who is not open with his finances, don't trust that man. Give me your financial plan. One of our friends was going to marry a lady. The father said, Bring me three months' bank statement. The guy was very angry. 
because he didn't even have a bank account. We said, brother, he came to us and said we should pray against the man. We said, brother, we are not going to pray. If we were going for a visa, American embassy would have asked you for six months. You would have taken it. You're going to marry a woman. Bring your three months bank statement. You don't have it. Go and beg the man that you don't have it. You listen. You must have a financial plan before you plan to marry. If the person you are going to marry does not fit into the financial plan, hold on. You must be compatible in many areas. One day, I was just talking to Andy and Jijo the last time they were, the seven, the seven support systems for every marriage. One, I spoke about, I spoke about the first one is Godly Foundation. He that hear these words of mine and puts them into practice. There's a man who puts his house on the rock. Nothing will shake it. If you have godly foundation and the two of you are coming to a, a word-based church like this and Wednesday teaching service, you are here, prayer factory, you are here and you are living by the word of God and you are serious. It's not Wednesday teaching service when I'm teaching. You and your wife are sitting down watching telenovela. What would that do for you? What would that do for you? Get your spouse to love the word and to study the word together and practice it. You lay a foundation. No stop will crash that marriage. It is biblical. The next support system for every marriage is family. It's family, I'm telling you. It's family. If you don't know, it is family. If your husband dies today, the body does not belong to you. It belongs to the family. If your wife dies today, the body is not yours. It belongs to the family. I'm telling you. That's how important family is. So you can't keep family out of your marriage. You marry into a family. Don't marry one person out of the family. You marry into a family. No matter how stupid the family is, it was your choice. If you kill the pig, you eat the pork. Okay? Now, the third support system of every marriage is finances. Any man who does not know how to manage finances and who is not honest with finances will make your life bitter in marriage. Any woman who does not know how to manage finances and does not know, is not open about finances, that woman will also make your life bitter because you will be laboring into a bottomless pit. Yeah, you'll be fetching water into baskets. So one of the key things you must sit down to discuss is finances. Get the understanding of how the person, understanding of the person's, where the person cuts his cloth according to it, his size, his or her size. Because if your wife cuts a, a cloth above her size, you'll be, you'll be, you have to contend with the oversized the leftover. If your husband does so, you also have to contend with the leftover. Tell the person that I don't like your leftovers. So let's cut our cloth according to our size. I have never borrowed money I cannot comfortably pay. It. I cannot comfortably pay. I have never bought a car I cannot comfortably pay. I have never eaten at a restaurant I cannot comfortably pay. If you are sitting down eating at the restaurant and then you take calculator, start calculating, start calculating. You are a stupid man. Or you want to impress somebody. Me and mommy's wedding, the gown mommy wore, she couldn't repeat it the next day. I just told her, what, what, what are we going to worry ourselves about? Some beautiful gown. They say the person was going to sew the expensive one for us that it is for your wedding day and for your barrier day. So it must be very nice. If I agreed to the person, I would have been a stupid man. Because mommy was slim. Now if you look at her size, that cloth will not fit her. Anymore. If she chooses to die in the future. <laughs> you get it? I told mommy, wedding is one day. Let's get the material we can use for one day. So we use, we use, yeah, disposable material. Disposable material. We manage on the wedding day. We say, "Right, nante breo, pa 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 pa, nante breo, nante breo." 
Now, I, now we travel, and where can she shop? We go unlimited shopping. A record, Jacquard, quite shopping. I'm preaching in the evening. You go and do shopping. Then she goes out. And then she'll be shopping. They'll be hitting my account, thinking, 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 thinking. Because I can comfortably do it. I can comfortably do it. Hmm. I don't know how to say this in Chi, so please forgive me. How to say this in English? Nekusa kusa shenitim. I don't want to say his secret. His secret. Me say nekusa kusa. Okay, okay. Number six. Let me be closing so that we have communion. Eh? We take the communion in five minutes and then we are off from here. We don't have anything again after communion. Yeah. Cutting the cake for those who are celebrating their birthday. Okay, okay. So a patient man. The sixth person who will make you happy is called the patient man. The patient man, the patient man, the pa- Proverbs 16 32. Better a patient man than a warrior. One who self control than one who takes a city. You can take a whole city if you can't control yourself. You can't take your wife. I'm telling you, your temper. A man who cannot be patient. Listen, if, if you are going to talk to your husband or wife and you are afraid of her, of his or her reaction, please, you are in a mess. You are in a mess. And I want to talk to you. Please don't be angry or take your time and listen. Don't be angry. When you start a conversation with your spouse on those terms, you know that you are with a man who is not patient, will never make you happy. Listen, it's in the Bible. The Bible says, there are a few things the Bible commands us to avoid. One of them is that avoid a quick-tempered man. It's in the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. It's in the Bible. Avoid a quick-tempered man. I'm telling you. So if we are quick-tempered here, it is time to start dealing with it. Avoid quick-tempered women. They will embarrass you before your friends. They will make you timid. They will take away your confidence. So I'm, I'm trying to tell people who are quick-tempered, people who are not patient, I'm trying to tell you that you are killing the person you say you love. You are killing the person. And the person is dying gradually. And the person is dying. And the person is dying. And you still can't see it. You know, quick-temperedness by itself is not a bad thing. It is... It is how you vent your anger and who you vent your anger on. You must vent your anger on things, not on people. Use that anger to do good things. Be angry, be angry that after 10 years of marriage, you are still renting and use that anger to build a house and to break down a woman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called holy anger. Holy anger. Oh, this I means that's the way I am. That is my weakness. That is my, your weak. It is, it is your weakness that is killing someone. Behavioral weakness has to be worked on. When they, okay, when you come to the teaching on, on wisdom, I'll, I'll come to talk about knowledge and I'll show you. I'll show you. Okay, when I start talking about wise behaviors, I'll show you how your traits. Through, passes through a situation and reveals a behavior. And how you can reverse it. How you can now let your behavior pass through a situation to influence your trait. I'll teach you on that. But for now, if you want to make your spouse happy, be patient. Don't be quick-tempered. You 
talk, you, then you say things that you can't take back again. You see, sorry doesn't heal a wound. Sorry doesn't heal the wound. For most of you who think that when you say sorry, that is all. When you say sorry, that is all. Healing of wounds is a process. Somebody wants to angrily say bitter things to you and then say sorry by evening and then the next morning, everything is fine. It's a healing process that has started. But whilst the person is healing, you repeat the wound again. And then you repeat again. You repeat again. You repeat it. Very soon, you become cancerous. And then when it becomes cancerous, you are killing the person you say you love. And cancer has stages. When it gets to the fourth, which level? What, which level does it get that it doesn't reverse again? Fourth level. When it gets to the fourth level, it's irreversible. Some of you, you have brought your spouse to the third level. Don't go to the fourth level. Well, when it gets to the fourth level, it's irreversible. You are going. You are going. You are going. And then, that is the end. Then, after the marriage is gone, and the person has left your life, then you begin to see the value of the person. It's always been said that we never know the value of a thing until we lose it. Until we lose it. There is nothing new under the sun. So there is no new woman under the sun. There is no new man under the sun. The same. is a question of using these principles. To marry the same kind. And manage them. Leave your husband and go for another man. They are the same, there is nothing new under the sun. A man is a man. A man is a man. Because we are from the dust. <laughs> most, most men bath once. Most men bath once. Most men bath once. Only few, only few of us. Only few of us bath twice. Most men are disorganized. Only few are organized. So don't have when mommy sees Kevin's room. But one day I'll do a video of Kevin's room and put it on the church platform. And you see that you, there's no new sun under the earth. All the suns are the same. One day I'll do a nice video. I'll say, anyone who wants to marry my son, I'm just... I just want you to understand that this is what you have to deal with. This is how you have to deal with. Bottles on bed. Should I continue? Uh, should I continue? <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Number eight. Let me be closing. Oh. Oh. Let me be closing. Time is okay number seven a descending person a descending person i'll be talking about this now don't miss the don't miss wow don't miss wow don't miss wow don't miss proverbs 17 verse 24 a descending person keeps wisdom in view but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth here a descending person keeps wisdom in view but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth let me tell you something a man without a vision, a woman without a vision, who doesn't know where he's going, cannot make you happy. The man who makes you happy is the person that has wisdom in view, sees a vision, knows where he's going. I'm marrying you. When we marry, this is where we are going. The next five years we'll get here. The next 10 years we'll get here. The next 15 years we'll get here. Do, do you know the people I can't stand? Those who say, I'm waiting upon the Lord. I say fast and pray because you want to be a better Christian. Fast and pray and ask the Lord, what would that have me do? Than, what, than asking God, what do you, what to do for me? Ah. Yes, thank you, my dear. Start facing the communion. Prove it. Pastor, start positioning yourself to serve the communion. We are closing the service soon. Please. Start playing the keyboard. Everybody knows we are closing. 
But these are the things I'm passionate about. And when I'm sharing them, I share them with passion because these are principles that will make you. The word of God is not only full of promises. They are also filled with principles. You cannot focus on the promises and leave out the principles. Your life will be a mess. How can you be marrying and then you can't tell where the marriage will be in the next. Anybody who cannot see five years ahead is mentally blind. And the greatest disability in life is being mentally blind. Don't follow them. A descending person, a wise person, a wise person. <laughs> you know, the Bible said that a wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. A flowing brook. A flowing brook. What it means is that, you see, there's always fresh water if we are wise. Always fresh water coming from that person. Coming from that person. Coming from that person. I prayed for wisdom from God for five years. That's why when you come and sit under me, you, I'm, 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 you don't know what I'm giving you. It's a flowing brook. I'm serving you fresh water. I'm refreshing your life and refreshing your marriage. Refreshing the entirety of your life. When you live here, you will see that you've been blessed. Eight. Number eight. A faithful person. Proverbs 20 verse 6. Many claim to have unfailing love. But a faithful person who can find. Many claim to have unfailing love. But please, you cannot tell me you love me if you are not faithful to me. For cheating with me with other people. Sending WhatsApp messages to other people. Sending naked pictures to other people. And when you are caught, you want to, you want to make it simple. Oh, hey, they didn't sleep with me. I just sent, well, it was just a communication. Do you know how stupid I look? As a man, to have my wife have a love communication with someone, it makes me stupid, it makes me incompetent, it makes me crazy. I mean, what kind of thinking is that? Or a woman, do you know, do you know that it's an insult to mommy? It's an insult to mommy, even if I see a woman making advances towards me and I encourage it. It's an insult. If I used to be angry that a woman knows you are married and is making advances towards you, you should tell that woman, you can't know where near. I, I remember walking into a shop. Let me tell you this story and then walking into a shop, going to buy a phone. Then when I, I parked my car, I saw the lady at the counter opening her button. I'm telling you, she just opened her button. I, was, I could see her from the glass. <clears throat> then when I entered, she came and said, Say, what do you want to buy? And she was like showing, you know. And it, I don't know whether cream and in Kutubi also, you know. Man. You know what I said to her? I said, close your button. If you see my wife's breast, you see that this breast cannot attract me. My friend, close your wife, your button. He said, Oh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. He said, Oh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. Nonsense girl. <laughs> Maybe I'm a brabby. Oh, I'm a brabby. Number nine. A righteous person. Proverbs 11, verse 8. The righteous person is rescued from trouble and falls on the wicked instead. Let me tell you this. Anybody who marries a man that is zealous for the Lord and you try to quench that man's zeal, there's something wrong with you. I'm going for prayer meeting every day. Prayer meeting. I'm going to. Daddy is calling me. Is, is that man every day? Rush. Please bring it, bring it, bring it. And then take your position. Every day. That man. And every day you are doing this. Look at the money you are going to give the church. Look at the offering you are taking to the church. And every day you are praying. And every day you are making the marriage boring with all this. Your prayer, your prayer, your prayer. You cannot, you cannot get a righteous man. There are only few. When you get one, thank God. Or you get a righteous woman who lost prayer, who lost how to pray. Some men will, pre, will, will pre, prefer a woman who can do sex proper than the woman who can pray. <laughs> I'm not saying that just pray and don't learn how to make love. You must put the two together. You must do all the two. But please, go for a righteous woman. Go for a righteous man. 
someone who has a right standing with God will have a right standing with you. Because when you have a right standing with God, you have a right standing with yourself and can have right standing with anybody. That's why I keep very long-term relationships. There are people who have been in my life for 30, 20 years. We are still friends. Because I have a right standing with God. I have a right standing with myself. And I can have right standing with people. It is easy. Father, we declare that the communion is blessed. And it is covered in the blood. We pray.